God, thank you so much for who you are and for all that you do and have done in our lives. God, we praise you for who you are and we praise you for the gift of your son we praise you for your presence in our lives we praise you for for just everything Uh, you deserve all the glory all the honor all the praise in this space god i just i just can't say that enough god we come to praise you god this morning as we dive into your word i pray once again that you would speak through me with the words that come out of my mouth be it your words for your people on your day god no one came to this spot Uh, to hear Pastor Chris talk. We all come to hear your word and we come to hear you. And so God, I just pray that you would speak through me, that the word would speak clearly this morning and we would be, uh, just leave this place knowing that we have met with the one true God. God, we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, all uh, year, really, we have been talking about scripture. You know, our grow initiative for this year that we talked about back in January was we are going to be a church that wants to learn and follow scripture both personally and in community. Yeah, we did that in our uh, Word of God series, kind of just going through some of the the broad themes of scripture, the major themes of scripture. Uh, But again, in 15 weeks, all we can do is really take a broad look at scripture. So for the rest of the year, we are going to spend our time uh, diving deeper into the very specific parts of scripture. And this summer, we're going to be spending a lot of time in the Psalms. So far, uh, we have spent time in Psalm 95 talking about what worship is all about. Uh, Two weeks ago, we spent time in Psalm 63, uh, just a psalm of David just expressing his love for God and kind of coming coming to the realization of the depth of God's love for him and what that makes him feel and do and how he worships that. And so, uh, you know, we've we've talked about those, but uh, there's so much, I hope just even in the last couple weeks, you've seen some of the depth and the meaning that is in some of these psalms. You know, these psalms oftentimes are, are just kind of the throw-ins. We skip them and we go through and we read and we just, they're beautiful, they're nice, but we don't really, we don't really go into them, right? And so we're going to spend time this summer really going deep. This week, uh, we're going to go into what I'm assuming is probably many people's favorite psalm. It's Psalm 139. Uh, Psalm 139, if you want to go there with me, if you're in one of our pew Bibles and you need the page, uh, it is on 536. I didn't write it in the right spot, but I did have it there. Uh, 536 is there. Yeah, this is honestly probably, like I said, it's, it's one of, uh, probably one of the more familiar Psalms that we have in Scripture. Many people would say uh, this is their favorite Psalm that we have in Scripture. Uh, it's, it is, it's beautiful, and it talks about a few different aspects of God. You know, while you're turning there, I just want to kind of just kind of give a little insight into kind of where we're going with this and just say this. We live right now in an information age. Anything that you want to know about anything is essentially, theoretically, about a click away. I mean, I might have to type in some specific words into a Google form, but anything that you want to know about anything is about a click away. Uh, you know, we've actually turned Google into a verb. Uh, <laughs> I Googled it. You know, we, we, we just, we know this. This is how we learn. We learn by kind of outside sources. We do that. And so, uh, you know, I just, I think when we think about it, we, we really need to realize how much we actually don't know, right? How, how little we actually know when it comes down to it. We, we have access to a lot of knowledge, but we don't necessarily know a lot. 
Now, I, I say that just to highlight a little bit of what we're going to talk about today, because Psalm, 39, Psalm 139, among many other things that it highlights about God, really just talks about kind of the, the fact that God is all-knowing. Right? He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. I think that's one of the primary themes of this psalm. And I think, honestly, it's probably one of the most kind of underappreciated facts about God, that God is all-knowing. Uh, I think it's something that we, we talk about. Sometimes it's a little bit makes us nervous more uh, because he knows everything. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But um, I think it's one of the hardest parts that, to get our arms wrapped around, that God knows everything because we just can't fathom it. Right? We have access to knowledge But we don't know everything. God just knows everything. But I think David, though, in the psalm, does a pretty good job trying to put into words uh, God's omniscience. And so uh, we're going to read this psalm. Psalm 139, starting at verse 1, we'll read through the whole thing. And again, uh, like most psalms, there's kind of like a, you read it and you think, ah, this is really beautiful. And then there's one part that you're just kind of like... Huh, like I, I feel like I could have done without that part. And then it gets beautiful again at the end. Uh, there's, there's like a lot of psalms like that, you know. Uh, this is definitely one of those. So let's read this. Verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you and night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Did you catch the part that just feels like I, I, I feel like I could have done without that part. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I, think it's, I think it's actually hilarious because he goes, you know, see if there's any offensive way with me. And I just feel like, just go back like four verses and then there, there it is, you know. Uh, but but I, I love this psalm. I know this is many people's favorite psalm. Uh, and I think really this psalm does a really great job of just, just highlighting the omniscience, the all-knowingness, if that's a word, of God. 
right, that he knows everything. And you can tell pretty much right away that this is not just a kind of generic psalm of worship. This is another psalm of David. And just like Psalm 63 with David, like, well, that was a very intimate psalm with David and God. Like, he, he was expressing his love for God and understanding God's very intimate level of love for him. All right, this is another psalm where this is, this is not just kind of like, I praise you because you are amazing. Like, no, this is you knit me together. You have all, all of my days ordained for me. You know me. On a very intimate level, you know me. I mean, he's, he's coming to grips. You know, in, 60, in Psalm 63, he was coming to grips really with God, the greatness of God's love for him. And this psalm, I think we see David kind of coming to grips with, with really the greatness of God's knowledge just in general but about him. Right, we see this, this come into place. And so I want to just, you know, we, we've talked about this all-knowing, this word omniscience. Uh, you know, that, that word omniscience means all-knowing. Omni means all. Science is, is kind of the word for knowledge there. So it's all knowledge. But just kind of as a, as a running definition of omniscience, of all God's all-knowing power, I think we can just say this. You know, God, omniscience, God's all-knowingness. God has a perfect knowledge of all things. We can say this. God has a perfect knowledge of all things. And scripture actually really affirms this definition. You go back to Job with me. Job chapter 37, uh, verse 16. Uh, Job is, is talking. He says, do you know how the clouds hang poised? Those wonders of him who has perfect knowledge. Uh, him who has perfect knowledge is talking about God who has perfect knowledge. You get to 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. He knows everything. There's more scripture as well that just kind of affirms this fact that God is all-knowing, that God knows everything, and he knows it perfectly. Everything he knows, he knows it perfectly. Everything he knows perfectly, he knows exhaustively. He knows everything about everything. He does not depend on anyone or anything for the knowledge that he has. It is so unlike us. Now, we depend on outside sources for literally every piece of knowledge that we have. I mean, you come out of the, of the womb. You know two things. I am hungry and I need to go to the bathroom. You need to learn how to do both of those things very quickly. But you learn. You have to learn how to do the most basic things in life. We, we learn everything that we know comes from knowledge. Right? But, and I just, I think about this, and I just, I just want to ask this question and really ponder this question together this morning. Is this, does God really know everything? And if so, what does that mean for you and me? If God knows everything, what does that mean for us? How should that affect the way that I live my life? Knowing that God knows. I want to kind of take a look at this really through maybe three different lenses, right? We're going to kind of zoom out with the lens and look at what Scripture says about God knowing everything, about God's omniscience, uh, God's all-knowing power. We're going to take a look at, at the full breadth of Scripture and look at this. We're going to zoom in a little bit and look at Psalm 139 and kind of see some more about God's knowledge. And then we're going to zoom in even further to you and to me and really talk about what this means for us practically, that, that God's omniscience. What does it mean that God knows 
does everything. So let's first zoom out a little bit. Let's move out a little bit and talk about what Scripture says about the fact that God knows everything. And I think as you look in Scripture, really broadly, here's what Scripture says about what God knows. God's knowledge is immense and it is intuitive. God's knowledge is immense and it is intuitive. Right, I'll, we'll just start with this second word here, this intuitiveness of God's knowledge. What does this mean? It just means that he didn't need to learn it, right? It was already there. He has known it. It is intuitive. Everything that he knows comes from himself. Uh, it, is, it is an intuitive kind of knowledge. Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, we'll go there real quick. Isaiah chapter 40. Honestly, if you're going to just read a chapter, Isaiah chapter 40 is just really good anyways. Uh, but Isaiah chapter 40 didn't mark in my Bible. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 13, uh, says this. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? Who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? I just kind of this, this question, this is God here speaking to his people saying like, look, who do you think, who do you, who do you think taught me? Like, uh, who, who is it that God, who is it that God learned from? There is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a redundant question. There's no one, right? God has not learned from anyone. God did not go anywhere to get his knowledge. He didn't get it from learning. He didn't need to study. He doesn't need to read. He doesn't have homework he needs to do. He doesn't need Google. There is none of that. And this is the difference to the knowledge that you and I have is through learning. I even said earlier, just even the most basic things we learn. We learn from, from actually trying to learn from knowledge. We learn from experience. But everything that we know is learned. Nothing that God knows is learned. He simply knows. Matthew 10.30 says that even the hairs of your head are numbered. There is... No one in this room who knows how many hairs are on their head. There's no bald people in here with zero, right? There, there's no one in here that knows how many hairs are on their head. We can try and figure it out. We can try and estimate it, but we don't know. And we would have to work to know. God just knows. He doesn't have to come and count and learn. He just knows, right? God's knowledge is intuitive. He doesn't need a website. He doesn't need to come and, and count anything or see anything to be able to know. He just knows. See, God's knowledge is intuitive, but it is also immense. It is huge. It is comprehensive. It includes everything. And it's not even just things confined to the earth. I mean, you get to Psalm 147. He determines the number of stars, and he calls them by name. Proverbs 15, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Psalm 50, I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. God knows 100% of all things. And if he lacked even a little bit, even just 0.1%, he wouldn't be God. God is all-knowing. Nothing can be hidden from him. Psalm 90 is actually a psalm of Moses. Uh, and this Psalm of Moses, he basically says, like, look, even our, even our secret sins, they are known by God. Nothing can be hidden from God. God's knowledge is intuitive and it is immense. This is what 
Scripture, the whole of Scripture, says about God's knowledge. Let's zoom in a little bit to just Psalm 139. What does Psalm 139 say? Because when you zoom in a little bit more, you see that, that God's knowledge is not just kind of immense and intuitive. It is also very intimate. This is a very intimate knowledge that, that God has, especially in regards to us. You know, David rejoices in this truth in Psalm 139. And, and I think as he does so, he helps us see some things. Right? You look in verse 1 and he says, and he just knows, like, look, God knows everything about me. God knows everything about me. Verse 1, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. This word searched is literally the word pierced through. Now, you have pierced through me. Have you ever kind of had this, this, uh, this saying in your head, like, I saw right through that? That's that word. Right? You, have, you, have, you searched me. You have seen right through me. And you know me. You have pierced me. God knows everything about me. And David is not embarrassed of this. David embraces this. I mean, this, look, he bookends this psalm with this, right? Verse 1, you have searched me and you know my heart. Verse 22 or 23 at the end there, search me, O God. It's the same word. Pierce through me, O God. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Right, this, is, this is the same word. God knows everything about me. He has, he has seen right through me. It's about acknowledging and embracing the fact. David is acknowledging and embracing the fact that God knows him on a very intimate level. I mean, he even goes into how intimate, right? The second thing, verse 2, God knows when I move. Right? He says, you know when I sit, you know when I rise. I'm not sure I could come up with a more mundane thing for God to know. You know when I'm standing, you know when I'm sitting. I'm not even sure that, I, I mean, I know that's what he says. I think there's probably deeper than this, though. Like, you just, you know. You know what I'm doing. Right? God knows when I move. You know everything I do. You know when I'm active. You know when I'm passive. You know everything in between. You know when I'm asleep. You know when I'm at play. You know everything about me. You know all of that stuff. He knows when I move. Even deeper, he knows what I think. Verse 2 again, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Now for some, that can be a little bit scary. God knows what I'm thinking at all times. It doesn't get much more intimate than that. I think about this. If I could just know exactly what every single one of you are thinking right now in this moment. It doesn't get much more intimate than that. Our thoughts, like that's, especially like in our culture, like you... We want privacy. Like we, 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 our thoughts, these are my thoughts. They don't need to, they don't need to come out. These are mine. They, I, they belong to me. But God knows our thoughts. He knows our thoughts before we think them. And even more than that, verse, verse 3, God knows where I go. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. God is fully aware of all of our actions. God knows what I say. Verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Every word. That, this can be encouraging on one side and bring you anxiety on another side. Right? Like we, God knows what we are going to say. This is encouraging because in those times where you just feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. They are not getting up there. God is not hearing my words. I want you to just, just come back to this verse here. Like God knows your words before you even say them. 
He knows. He, he doesn't need to hear them. He, he knows. He knows what, you're, what you want to say. He knows what you're saying. But also, those words that you say under your breath, he hears those and knows those too. I, I might have said a couple yesterday on the golf course. He knows that. He knows those words. He knows the words that we're saying. I, I, he, he heard that. I think about this. The average articulate spur person speaks enough words in one day to fill a decent-sized book. For men, it'd probably be a smaller book than women, but I'll just leave that there. <laughs> but think about this. We, we've, we say enough words in a day to, feel it, to fill a decent-sized book, and we speak enough words in our lifetime to fill a college library. Just think about this. God knows every single one of those words before you even speak them. That just, that's powerful to me. He, he, knows the, he knows the words. He knows the true words. He knows the lies. He knows them all. He knows them before they were spoken. And if, you were, if you're really curious about just how intimate David feels like God's knowledge of him is, just this next verse, you hem me in behind and before. I can't even get away from you if I wanted to. This is God's intimate knowledge. He, if, you, if you were questioning whether God really knew you intimately, this should answer that. He sees you and he knows you. There is no escape from God's penetrating knowledge of you. God knows everything. You know, sometimes we like to kind of present our, ourselves in ways that kind of mask what is actually going on in our lives. You know, we, we come and we, we're someplace and we don't want anybody to know what's actually happening inside. We don't want anybody to know what's actually, what I'm actually going through, what I'm actually feeling. So we put on a smile and we do what we can to not let anybody know. God sees right through that. He searches you. He pierces through you. He sees right through that. God has intimate knowledge of you. And see, for the, for the person walking with Christ, this is just an amazing, beautiful thought. That God knows me, and he knows everything that I have ever done and will ever do, and yet he still loves me. He still sent his son to die on the cross. He still did all of that because he knows me and he loves me. For the person not really walking with Christ, this isn't quite as encouraging of a thought. God, God knows everything that I do. God knows, God knows everything. But God, God knows us. And, and in that knowledge of us, he also was able to provide a way for our salvation. See, God knew that you and I would need a Savior. God knew because of your sin, you would be separated from him forever. God knew that there would need to be payment for that sin. God knew that if he sent his son Jesus who could come and live the life that we couldn't live and die the death that we deserve to die, we would be able to live with him forever. God knew that we would need forgiveness and he continually offers it every single day. God's knowledge is a beautiful thing. God is all knowing. But here's the thing, this this knowledge of God and understanding that God has this 
perfect knowledge of me and of you and of everything that is going on. He knows my thoughts before I think them. He knows my words before I say them. He knows when I'm getting up and sitting down. He knows when I go out and when I come back. He knows when I'm sleeping, when I'm active. He knows everything. This knowledge of God, if we zoom in even further to you and me, has some implications. It has to have some implications for our life. Here's the implications that it had for David's life. For David, it fueled his worship. The fact that God knew everything was a reason for him to worship. I mean, you get to verse 6, your knowledge is, is too wonderful for me. You get to verse 17, how, how precious are your thoughts, God? This, this knowing, this coming to, gra- coming to grips, coming to kind of grasping this idea that God's knowledge of him is perfect and it is immense and it is intimate, like it caused David to worship Instead of resisting this thought, he loves it. He is overwhelmed by it. He can't help but respond with humility and praise. It causes him to worship. But here's the question. Does does knowing and understanding that God knows everything about you, does that cause you to worship? Does it cause you to to rejoice? Does it cause you to, to worship God? Here's the thing, it shouldn't just drive us to worship like it did David. It should drive us to the word as well. See, here's the amazing thing about this whole thing. God knows us intimately and deeply. God God knows us. But God's desire is not just that we would know him, that he would know us. (laughs) Spoiler. God's desire is not just that, that, that he would know us. It's that we would know him as well on that same intimate level. And the way that we get to know God is through his word. He has given us his word so that we might do that. So, so as we come to grips with this knowledge that God is, is all-knowing, right, it causes us to worship. It should fuel our worship. It should drive us to the word. Here's the, other, the next thing. It should really soothe our worries. I should soothe our worries. You know, that when we all have those days where we get uncertain news or life takes a turn that we didn't see coming, what will we do? How will we make it? We ask ourselves these questions. There is great reassurance and confidence and hope and peace in the fact that God knows. God knows exactly what is going on. He knows what, it, what you're facing. He knows what you need before you ask. He has a refuge and a strength in a time of trouble because he knows. God knows. And not only should it soothe our worries, it should absolutely, 100%, transform our faith. Transform our walk with him. You read verse 23 and 24 of this psalm, the last two verses. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Think about this. He, he's, he knows that God sees right through him. He said that at the very beginning. You have searched me. You have seen right through me. The very end, he says this again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Why? Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Why? See if there is any offensive way in me. Why? And lead me in the way everlasting. The why is this, so that I might live the life that God is calling me to live here. 
Right, this, is, this is the why. This is this, this know that God, God knows everything about us. And, and, and as we embrace this, as we grasp the fact that God's, God, God has all-knowing power, he knows everything that it was within us. He knows our words, he knows our thoughts, he knows our actions, he knows it all. And David uses this and he says, search me, God, know my heart, test my thoughts. Why? Lead me in the way everlasting. Show me how to live. Show me how you would desire me to live. Make sure there's nothing in me that is blocking what you have for my life, God. Make, make sure, see, see right through me, pierce into me, know me, and show me, God, so that I might live more fully for you. And that is the goal. That we would grow in our faith, that we would move forward in our faith, that we would continue to push forward in this faith. And my prayer is that we would, we would wrestle with this a little bit this week. We would wrestle with this fact that God, God really, truly knows me. He knows everything about me. He knows my secrets. He knows everything. He knows everything about me. And what, do I, how, what do I do with this? There's, I mean, you can either just choose to ignore it and just say, yeah, I know that about God. God knows me. Or you can respond like David. God, show me what you know. <laughs> Tell me what you know so that I might more fully live for you. That's my prayer, that we would all have the same attitude as David. As we wrestle with this, we would come to see that, that God, God knows it all. And so as, as, as we go to this God and we pray to this God and we worship this God who knows everything about us, Man, may we have the same response as David and say, search me, oh God. Show me if there is an offensive way in me. Show me if there is anxious thoughts in me. And why would you just, just search me, pierce me, so that I might follow you. So that I might follow in this everlasting way that David talks about. This is what it's all about. Let's, let's, let's come to grips. Let's wrestle with this this week. That God knows everything. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we are just, this idea, God, that you know everything about us is just a, 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 just a fascinating thought. God, you know everything about me. You know everything that I have done. You know everything that I have thought. You know everything. You know everything. And yet you still choose to love me. You still sent your son to die for me. You still did everything that you did because your love overcomes all of that. And even in your knowledge of me, there's not one here that is too far gone. God, we, we worship you this morning because of your knowledge of us. God, we worship you because of this fact that you are all-knowing. God, we, we, we follow in the steps of David here and we, we worship God, I pray that as we go forward from this place and we, we wrestle with this fact that you're all-knowing, that we would just come to the same end that David comes to, that as we, as we see this, we say, God, well, just, you already know everything. God, show me, show me what I need to change so that I might better live for you. And as we do that, God, would, we, would our lives reflect you in every way possible, that we might make a difference where we may find ourselves. 
God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And let me just say a prayer of blessing over you. Let's pray. May our God, our all-knowing, omniscient God, go with you and ahead of you this week. May this knowledge that he is all-knowing push you to worship. Would it push you to his word? And would it push you to a commitment to live the life that he is calling you to live? And as you do that, may you make a difference for him wherever you may find yourself. Go in courage and peace this week as you go. Do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning, everybody. It's good to see all your faces, <laughs> half of the top half of your faces. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you again next week.